Good morning. It is Wednesday, August 16th, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in scripture and prayer for the busyness of our day begins. We are working our way through the book of Esther. We take time each morning to spend some time in God's Word, and we've decided that this run-through, we're going to hit the book of Esther in the Old Testament. This is one of those books where probably if you pulled any random Christian off the street, they would be able to tell you the main story of Esther. And I admit, I would be one of those Christians. I could tell you what this book's about, or at least I think I could. But then you start diving into all the details, and you realize how careful the author is to paint this narrative. We, even in these five episodes so far in this book, have noticed so many things that I had never, ever seen before. Today, we're going to finish chapter one, so let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray, and then we'll dive right into it. This is Esther chapter one, verses 13 through 22. Then the king said to the wise men who knew the times, for this was the king's procedure toward all who were versed in law and judgment. The men next to him were Karshina, Shethar, Admantha, Tarshish, Mirez, Marcina, and Memukin, the seven princes of Persia and Medea, who saw the king's face and sat first in the kingdom. According to the law, what is to be done to Queen Vashti because she has not performed the command of King Ahasuerus delivered by the eunuchs? Then Memukin said in the presence of the king and the officials, Not only against the king has Queen Vashti done wrong, but against all the officials and all the peoples who are in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus. For the queen's behavior will be made known to all women, causing them to look at their husbands with contempt, since they will say, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, and she did not come. This very day, the noble women of Persia and Medea, who have heard of the queen's behavior, will say the same to all the king's officials, and there will be contempt and wrath in plenty. If it please the king, let a royal order go out from him, and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes, so that it may not be repealed, that Vashti is never again to come before King Ahasuerus, and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. So when the decree made by the king is proclaimed throughout all his kingdom, for it is vast, all women will give honor to their husbands, high and low alike. This advice pleased the king and the princes. And the king did as Mamukin proposed. He sent letters to all the royal provinces, to every province in its own script, and to every people in its own language, that every man be master of his household and speak according to the language of his people. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, as we hit this pretty big passage today and kind of see the end of this first chapter and the end of this first introductory story, Lord, we ask for your help. Help us to see what you want us to see from this passage our prayer always is as we come to your word that your Holy Spirit will go before us and light it up so that we can actually see what is going on here. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So we are finishing chapter one today, and this is more or less the end of the introduction. As you may have noticed, we have not even been introduced to Esther yet for who this book was named after. We are just getting all backstory. We've learned a lot of things about King Ahasuerus. Even this passage today re-emphasizes that King Ahasuerus is a control maniac. He gives out decrees down to the detail. Remember earlier in chapter one, there was one that we kind of smirked at where he said, go ahead, I decree, drink, 
not because I'm telling you to drink, but because you're allowed to drink. Enjoy. He's, of course, extremely hospitable host. But in our passage today, after Queen Vashti refuses his order, he turns to his wise men, which is a pattern we've seen from other Old Testament rulers and emperors. Nebuchadnezzar did the same. Belshazzar did the same. Darius did the same. I remember all of these when we went through the book of Daniel. So he turns to his wise men, these seven princes of his kingdom, and he asks for advice. And this one advisor, Mamukin, is the one who speaks up in front of all the other officials. And you can tell that Mamukin has an anxiety problem, or I don't know what else to call it other than that. He basically says, King, you need to make a law because since Vashti refused you, now all these women in the empire will also refuse their husbands. And if they refuse their husbands, they'll refuse their officials. And then King, you've got a full-blown revolt on your hands. And King Ahasuerus scratches his head and goes, you're right, let's make a decree. And so he decrees in front of all the people According to the law of the Persians and the Medes, which, by the way, is an, this is a phrase that we need to catch. Whenever we're reading our Bibles and we see this phrase, according to the law of the Persians and the Medes, this means that it is a completely binding law. There is absolutely no way around this law. There's no Supreme Court, nothing the king can do. This is why, if you remember in the book of Daniel, when Darius passes that law that he is to be prayed to, there's no way that he could have gone against his law when his trusted friend Daniel broke it. And Darius was in all that anxiety and anxiousness about uh, what was going on with Daniel in the lion's den. So in this passage, King Azorus is making a decree according to the law of the Persians and the Medes that all women will give honor to their husbands, high and low alike. Alongside with this, of course, Vashti was sent out and you kind of get the impression, I don't know, at least I do, that Vashti actually ended up getting what she wanted in the first place. So let's zoom out just a little bit and let's look at what's going on here. Azorus is the king of the biggest empire in the world at this point. He is the most powerful man in the world. He's a control freak. He's managing his provinces, his people, through these minute little tiny laws. When he's in a drunken stupor, he asks his wife to come before him and all the other men so that they might see her beauty, and she refuses. He doesn't say to himself after the fact, man, that was dumb. I should never have said that to my wife. I was drunk. I wasn't my real self. I was under the influence of alcohol and maybe peer pressure and my own pride. He never does that. Instead, he takes it another step and says, hey, even though I was drunk, you should have still caught, followed my command and ends up passing a law through the entire empire based on this one interaction. My friends, let's take a second to see what kind of ruler Ahasuerus is. I can't imagine a world where this decree went followed throughout the empire. Remember, the Persian empire is huge. It's not just Persians who are part of this empire. You've got Jews. You've got Indians and Ethiopians, as was already mentioned earlier in our book. We know even in our passage here that this law was translated into many, many different languages so that everyone could hear it in his own language. Different cultures, different kinds of households are now subject to this very tedious, very, very specific law. Ever so often, or very often, it's a good idea to ask ourselves, what does this story tell us about God? And in all this backstory, 
in the stubbornness of Vashti, in the anxiety of Memukin, in the extremely detailed power-hungry King Ahasuerus, the Lord is using all of these fallen attributes to bring about chapter 2, where we'll finally be introduced to Esther. The Lord is using all of them to establish Esther's reign as queen in Persia. On Wednesdays, we like to pray from one of the Psalms or another passage of the Bible. Today, we're going to pray from Psalm chapter 3. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to you after reading this passage, we are reminded of those who are against us, living in governments or in neighborhoods or working for a boss who exhibits some of the same characteristics of Ahasuerus, who work their will against us. Father, we're reminded of them. They rise up against us and plant seeds of doubt in our hearts about who you are. But Father, let us be reminded that you are a shield around us. You are our defender, our protector. You're the one who lifts our heads. Lord, we cherish that we have a God who we can cry out to and one who will answer back. Both day and night you sustain us. When we lay down and sleep, we rest and wake again knowing that you have sustained us and watched over us through the night. Father, as we come to this new day, we've been given this day to serve you. Father, no matter who stands against us, help us to remember that you stand with us and before us on this day. We ask for your help on this Wednesday. Bless us, your people. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you on Friday.